Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Road Coach Podcast, the show where I share what I've learned from years of living on the road through research and experimentation, so that if you're like me and you live most of your life on the road, you can not only survive, but hopefully thrive, even when you are out of your element. As always, if you're listening on your favorite podcasting app, uh, please check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash at the road coach podcast so that you can see me and you can see what I'm sharing on my screen as well. Uh, because often I'm pulling up research papers and uh, scholarly articles, publications uh, that help to drive home the points that I'm trying to make and the things that I've learned uh, through all my reading and hours and hours of staying away from home. Also new to the show on this episode, I've now started a Patreon. So if you head over to patreon.com slash the road coach podcast, I uh, would really appreciate your support there to help me keep producing the show and to help the show stay commercial free. Um, so again, that's patreon.com slash the road coach podcast. Please head over there if you have a few minutes and if you have a few dollars to become a member, that would be greatly appreciated as well. So today I wanted to talk about a topic that I think affects all of us when we are working on the road and that is burnout. It is extremely difficult to stay consistent when you are constantly away from your home environment, your home routine, your food, your gym, your bed, um, and all of the things that go along with it, the uncertainty with travel, the lack of sleep, the lack of nutrition, everything. Uh, and it's something that I constantly have to remind myself of. I took a bit of a break for a few weeks from the show um, because we had uh, a bit of a tragedy with some friends uh, of ours about a month ago uh, and have been extremely busy with work and not that it's ex an excuse by any means, but I, I needed a break. Um, I was running low on, on everything. I was spread too thin, energy was low and uh, I needed to figure some stuff out at home. So. All that is to say I'm back, but I thought what a better, what better of a topic to cover than burnout because it happens to all of us. So I wanted to share with you some of the things that I've learned about avoiding burnout. Um, and although it's not always avoidable, um, how you can kind of get back on track and how you can sort of um, do your best to mitigate the chances of burning out when you're constantly in different cities and in different time zones, etc., etc. So today I'm coming at you live from uh, the sunshine capital of Canada, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, uh, or as the late great Gord Downey called it, the Paris of the Prairies. May he rest in peace. If you're listening from anywhere outside of Canada, you probably don't know who Gord Downey is, but he was the lead singer of the Tragically Hip, and uh, he tragically died of a brain tumor um, a couple of years ago. So if you don't know uh, the Tragically Hip, please Google them, check them out. Um, I'm sure any of the streaming of their music goes to uh, a lot of brain cancer research at, these, at this point and uh, to a lot of his family and friends. And of course, the legacy of the band, one of the greatest Canadian rock bands to ever exist. So on that note, let's get on with the show. Avoiding burnout. What are some of the things that I... Um, try to keep top of mind uh, and focus on if I want to maintain a heavy, heavy travel schedule as I currently have. Um, we're beginning of October right now. I'm about 100 nights in hotels already this year um, and all the plane trips and car trips um, that go along with it. 
So for those of you that are just like me, and you're hovering, hovering around the same mark, 100 nights in, uh, in hotels, that's probably more like 150 or so nights uh, actually away from home when you take into account traveling to airports um, and hopping from city to city, etc. So it's, uh, it's a heavy burden we bear, but of course we do it for a reason. Um, and uh, I found that these are kind of the key things that I can, that I can focus on and hopefully you, um, you get some benefit from them as well. So the first thing that I always try to remind myself is to plan ahead and plan ahead meticulously. So when you're going on a trip, um, not only is it about packing the right um, supplies um, and planning for where you're going to be um, and what resources you'll have available to you, uh, but it's about looking at sort of every aspect of the trip in segments. So for example, for this trip to Saskatoon um, that I had, I had um, coming into it, I had, you know, four hours on a plane plus, you know, the two hours in the airport before that. And then when I get home, I have to sort of almost immediately go on another trip. So it's about planning the transition. And so when I started um, my planning, it was, well, what's the better way to do this? Could I cram everything in a carry on? Yes, I could, but it's probably going to be easier on me when I get back. If I put everything in a larger suitcase, the weather's starting to change. So I know I'll probably, you know, need long sleeves for runs and, you know, possibly even gloves and windbreakers, um, extra set of shoes because things don't dry as quickly when the weather starts getting cold. And luckily we're not too, too cold yet. Uh, but, you know, when I wake up in the morning, um, which is when you'll be hearing this with uh, the wind chill, it's going to be about two degrees Celsius, which is, is that 35 or so Fahrenheit? Um, if you think in Fahrenheit. So it's not going to be snowing, but it's going to be very, very cold. So just last week, you know, I was running in shorts and a t-shirt and couldn't run midday because it was so hot. And that's how quickly the weather changes, right? So thinking about that, thinking about the supplements that I need on the road, thinking about how I'm going to meal plan throughout the day, what I'm going to eat, um, when I'm going to get that food, where I'm going to have access to food, my gym, what, what gym am I going to be able to use based on where I am? Um, but it's even as granular as, okay, so I'm going to go to the airport at this time. I'm going to have an hour before I get on the flight. I've got four hours on the flight. What's my plan for the flight? Because it's very easy if you don't plan ahead to all of a sudden get on a plane and go, ah, you know what? I'm hungry. And so I'm just going to order whatever they've got on the plane. And that's probably not the best food. Uh, it's probably mm, full of carbohydrates, full of sodium and sugar. Um, not very nutritious and you know while i'm at it maybe i'll grab a beer or two or maybe i'll grab uh who knows a vodka soda or maybe i'll just eat five packets of pretzels um, because i didn't think about it and i'm starving you know and then how am i going to use my time when i'm on the plane well you know maybe i can split up a bit of writing a bit of planning for the podcast uh, a bit of work a bit of reading right and even then you know i hit a curveball because i thought i had I don't know, about half a book left to read. And as it turned out, a good third of the book that I was reading was, uh, was notes and, and credits. Um, and so I finished my book in, you know, 30 minutes on the plane when I thought I had two hours of reading ahead of me. So all of these things I try to think about and go, where am I going to hit 
where am I going to hit unexpected, um, unexpected curveballs that are going to demand either my time or attention or going to put me in a position where I'm going to be, uh, I, I might potentially make a less than ideal decision because I'm put in a position where all of a sudden I have to eat or I have a ton of extra time with nothing planned and what am I going to do with that time, right? Um, and then, of course, you know, when I land, I think about, okay, so what's my time to hotel? What's my uh, amenities nearby? Can I walk to a grocery store? Do I need to, um, do I need to cab to a grocery store? Where's the nearest gym? How do I get access? Do I need to call ahead? Um, all of those things. And then, of course, when I'm actually packing for the trip, making sure I have my vitamins, making sure I have my, my shakes sort of reorganized. Um, I, I pack them up in little Ziploc bags for one per day, and it's got my protein powder, my potassium, my collagen, my creatine, my sodium, you know, my greens, everything in there ready to go so that it's easy, so that when I get here, I only need milk and eggs. And that's got me my first 60 grams of protein for the day, and it's healthy lean protein with all my nutrients. So if that's the only good meal I have each day, it's ready, it's prepped, and it's good to go. And also, am I going to get here early enough to be able to do all that and still get a good night's sleep? So when I say plan ahead meticulously, I don't mean plan ahead about what kind of clothes I'm going to need for the week. I mean plan as many minute, seemingly insignificant details about how your time is going to be spent and where you're going to be. Um, so that you can ensure that you're making the best decisions for yourself so that when you get to the end of the week or whatever, the three-day or seven-day trip, whatever it is that you're doing, you aren't exhausted and burnt out and need a rest. You want to be able to plan your time so that you feel energized and ready to take on the next challenge at any point in a trip. So that's the first piece of advice that I would give and that I've learned over the years is that the more detail-oriented you can be when it comes to every single thing that's going to happen on a trip before you leave your house, the better off you're going to be and the less burnt out you'll be at the end. The second thing that I would say is fitness is key for me. So both cardio and strength training needs to happen uh, on almost a daily basis. I can get away with every other day, um, a good five, six K run. If I do that every other day, I'm pretty much firing on all cylinders, but ideally every single day. Um, and strength training, same thing. Um, so there's a, there's a couple of reasons that I, I think that I would, if I had to choose one over the other, I think I would probably choose cardio over strength training. Um, if I don't have time to fit both in, or if I had to choose because there was no way to do both, I think I would go cardio personally every single time. Um, and there's a couple of reasons for that. Cardio, first of all, um, it gives you more energy. And so when you're first starting out, obviously it's gonna exhaust you. Um, because you're burning a lot more energy than you're used to burning. So if you're starting from a state of doing absolutely no physical fitness and you're just going to work and coming home and sitting on the couch and you know eating chicken wings and, and having a beer for dinner, 
and then going to bed and starting it all over again. And the first day you go for a run or you hop on that bike or that elliptical or whatever it is, you're going to be absolutely floored. Um, and that's going to be that way for a couple of weeks. But what starts to happen is, first of all, when you do cardio, you breathe harder, right? Your heart rate gets up, you need more oxygen, you're breathing more heavily. 84% of our fat loss comes through respiration. So the harder we breathe, the more fat we're going to lose because fat is metabolized and then exhale the CO2, the majority of it. So the more time you spend in a cardio zone, the more fat you're going to burn. So first off, that I think is the single, one of the greatest benefits. The other thing is that um, doing cardiovascular exercises induces the synthesis of NAD, which is the what, what people now refer to as the youth molecule. So it's a molecule that basically helps repair um, our cells to the point where um, we can stay younger longer. And that's why I think a, a cardio, you know, although strength training, a lot of the research shows that strength training is better for weight loss in the end, I think cardio is better for longevity and youthfulness overall. The other really big thing about cardio is that although in the beginning, if you're first starting, you will be exhausted a lot of the time, eventually what starts to happen, and it doesn't take long, within a couple of weeks this will start to happen, is um, for those of you who know on a very basic level, the mitochondria in every single one of our cells uh, is the, the powerhouse of the cell, as they call it, or the, the energy creation portion of our cells. And it uses ATP to give us energy. So ATP is adenosine triphosphate. It's the same molecule that fireflies use to light up. So electricity, um, when applied, small amount of electricity applied to it, creates a lot of heat and light. And it's an excess of energy. It's a net positive reaction. And it breaks off one of the phosphates to become adenosine diphosphate, or ADP. Um, which is, again, another reason... <laughs> I digress. Another reason that creatine is so amazing because creatine helps you use ADP to remake ATP and give you more energy. So that's why everyone should take creatine, period. Doesn't matter if you're young, old, man, woman, everyone should be taking creatine to maximize the stores of creatine in their body. But that's another episode for another time. Um, what will begin to happen is as you continually deplete your body of ATP because you're using more energy than you're used to, your body will immediately start, I shouldn't say immediately, will eventually start to adapt to say, we need more ATP in here constantly because this, this guy is burning more and more energy and we cannot keep up. And what your cells will actually begin to do is create extra mitochondria. So your cells can actually have more than one mitochondria inside them. And as you start to do cardio consistently, after a few weeks, your, your cells will make more mitochondria. And so every cell could have potentially two or more mitochondria inside it. So now all of a sudden, every cell can produce twice as much energy. And you will hit this point, believe me, if you've never done it, you will hit a point where all of a sudden you have, you can, you can run or do you know, the elliptical or whatever cardio row machine, whatever cardio you were, you, you've chosen to do, you will be able to do what you thought was excruciating 
two or three weeks ago, you will be able to do and still have energy at the end of your day and not be tired. And then the more you push it, the more that compounds. And the more you push it, the more that compounds. And I have yet to find the point where that doesn't hold true exponentially, where you can continually give yourself more. Now, you have to consume more energy, of course, via food, etc. But you can get to the point where you can continually push yourself more and more and more, and yet have more energy at the end of the day because of it. And so fitness is a massive part of keeping me um, in a state that is able to produce with work and also not burn out, even though I'm not in my home environment a lot of the time and things are uncertain a lot of the time. Okay, next up after fitness, nutrition. Nutrition is super key to avoiding burnout. Big thing for me, supplements. So what supplements are very hard to get on the road? There's lots of them, lots of them, especially when you're eating at restaurants. So protein, huge. It's very hard to get enough protein when you're eating at restaurants. And it's not so much about getting enough protein, but getting enough protein without overeating your calories, okay? For me, um, some sort of anti-inflammatory, I take turmeric every day, I think is very important. Um, zinc, very important, especially for males. We don't get enough zinc in our diet. It's hard to find if you focus on eating enough fruits and vegetables and you cannot eat enough fruits and vegetables when you're on the road. It's just simply impossible. Um, unless you go to the grocery store and you jam your backpack or your suitcase or whatever you got full of fruits and vegetables and baggies, you're not gonna get enough of it. It's just simply not possible. So zinc is a huge one for me. Um, NMN is a precursor um, to NAD, that youth molecule that, molecule that I spoke of earlier. Um, a good, good way to get it is like milk and nuts. Uh, but again, you gotta eat a lot of them to get enough of it. Um, and so I supplement with that as well. Fish oil, huge. Unless you're gonna eat salmon every night while you're on the road, uh, which, is, which is hard to do. Um, especially at restaurants and hard to eat, you know, good salmon. Um, that's not, you know, breaded or fried or anything like that. Um, it's hard to get enough fish oil. So fish oil supplement for sure, a multivitamin, um, magnesium. And I also take ashwagandha, which is an ancient Ayurvedic herb, which is really, really good for relaxation, the cardiovascular system, overall brain fog, um, really good as well. Uh, and I'm trying to think of what else. Oh, and recently I started taking Moringa, which is another herbal um, supplement that is good for all kinds of things. I'll do a whole episode on Moringa at some point in the future. Um, but supplements are, are relatively easy because you can pack them all in a Ziploc bag and you can take them, you know, in your, in your bag or suitcase or whatever, anywhere. Um, and if you pre-measure those out and pack them up and ready to go, and, you know, daily, this is what I need. Um, it'll keep you sort of at that base level of nutrition so that even though you know, most of your meals every day are not ideal when you're on the road. You still have that base level of micronutrients that your body needs to function properly and to keep yourself, you know, not running into this wall of, of um, exhaustion or depression or burnout or anything that is so easy to happen when we're on the road. Protein intake, as I said, so I make sure that I've got at least that baseline of six, 50 to 60 grams of protein every single day as part of my uh, routine, regardless of where I am in the world, because I pack powders in Ziploc bags that give me that baseline. And then whenever I get, when, whenever I get where I'm going, it's uh, skim milk and eggs, and they're in a shaker cup, and they're ready to go for the morning. So at least my first meal of the day is lean protein, you know, 10% uh, 
um, protein over calories. So 50 or 60 grams on five or 600 calories to start my day without any filler, anything else that's unnecessary or not nutritious, um, and all the baseline nutrients that I need for the day. I did a whole episode on protein, so go back and check that out if you want to figure out how I sort of um, decide what to eat at restaurants for protein intake. Uh, but that's a big thing as well, is make sure you're getting enough protein when you're on the road without overeating your calories. And that's a huge, huge benefit I find to avoiding burnout. Um, and then of course, smart restaurant choices, right? So it's very easy to eat pizza and French fries and sandwiches that have tons of bread in them and pastas and all that kind of stuff at restaurants. Try and find the smart things on the menu. If you're eating at chain restaurants, it's very easy to do because you can use an app like MyFitnessPal, et cetera, to figure out the menu items and what their calorie content is versus their protein content, et cetera. Um, but, you know, ditch the fries and go for go for the, you know, the, the seasoned vegetables or the, the steamed vegetables or the side salad or whatever. Um, try to avoid as many fried foods as you can, as many carbohydrate-based foods as you can at restaurants because they are infinitely worse than carbohydrate-based and fried foods at home. Um, way more salt in them. They're frying them all, uh, often in seed oil, vegetable oils. Um, and there's, you know, probably three or four times as much butter on everything as there would be at home. Uh, so if you can, stick to lean meats and vegetables when you're at restaurants, whenever you possibly can. Um, avoid booze whenever possible. Booze is an absolute killer to both your metabolism and your um, your mental focus and your sleep. Even if you have one drink before bed, it will affect your sleep. And every night that you have, that you have poor sleep, especially when you're out of your element, will add up and compound to all of a sudden, you know what, I don't feel like going for a run today. I don't feel like working out. And it becomes easier and easier to slip into those decisions that aren't optimal for keeping you on your game and um, performing at your optimal self. Adequate sleep, huge, obviously. Um, I think that goes without saying. Try to get eight hours of sleep every single night and try to have it, um, you know, dark and quiet. If you have to choose a specific hotel or change rooms because there's too much noise, or make sure you draw the curtains because there's too much light outside, whatever it may be. Um, do that to make sure you get enough sleep. And then of course, know when to say no. I think that all of us who travel a lot, we're used to people pleasing and we're used to trying to be everything to everyone to make sure the job gets done and to make sure that we are valued and to make sure that we continue to grow both as people and in our organizations. But you have to listen to your body. And if you've got random aches and pains or you don't feel right, or there's that nagging feeling in the back of your head that this might not be the, the right decision, your body speaks to you, listen to it. Your body is telling you, you need a break, then learn when to say no. People will survive without you. You don't always have to be there on every single trip across whatever geography that you're covering, there is time when you need to take time for yourself and there's still value you can provide even if you're not always in the location that you think you should be based on other people's expectations. So do yourself a favor, try saying no once in a while, see how much better you do 
when you say yes, because you take the time to recover when you know you need it. That's it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, like I mentioned, if you're listening on your favorite podcasting app, please check us out on YouTube, youtube.com slash at the road coach podcast. And please check us out on our Patreon. Become a member if you can help us keep the show commercial free. That's patreon.com slash the road coach podcast. And until next time, if you're like me and you're on the road, I hope you're not only surviving, but thriving, even when you're out 